listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and today is a very special house hacking mastermind. So uh, this is in January 14th or 15th, right in the middle of January. Uh, maybe January 11th, I don't know. Right in the middle of January, right? 14th. <laughs> right. It's kind of blurred so far to me. So we're going to do the House Hacking Mastermind, but I'm happy to say this is the first time we're recording a podcast, now a video podcast in our new studio. So uh, when you listen to podcasts, if you want to check out the in the show notes, I imagine they'll be in there when you put them up there. A video to this, you'll see the new studio. So I got my normal co-host today, Ben Einspar. How are you doing, Ben? Chris, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing really good, man. And uh, Jeff White, how are you, sir? Awesome, as always. All right, glad to hear. <laughs> and we have one guest today, Andrew Lloyd. Andrew, how are you? Good, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and so Andrew bought his first house stock about two or three months ago, right? Yeah, about a month and a half ago. Okay. Uh, yeah. In November, yeah. So uh, we're just going to do our normal thing, ask questions. And uh, Ben, why don't you take it away? Awesome. Um, so one thing I started doing that I really enjoy doing is kind of diving, diving into your story. And before we kind of get into where you're currently living, your, the details and the ends of out, ins and out of your current house hack, like how did you find out about real estate investing? And more importantly, how did you find out about house hacking and that it was a right fit for you? Yeah. Um, so I had since college, I'd always kind of been interested in entrepreneurial uh, ventures and a lot of things in college and nothing really stuck um, and then moved on to my you know the corporate world for a bit oh yeah um, and at the same time I had been living with four or five other roommates you know from college and then after and I was like you know what maybe I should just be the one owning the house and have these guys pay me uh, so I kind of looked into it and then found Bigger Pockets community, and that led me to the uh, led me to Chris and Jeff and all these guys, and just basically soaked up all that knowledge, and basically that led me to where I'm at now. Yeah. So what what sparked the interest to look at real estate investing for you? Like something must have sparked in you. Was it a book you ordered? Simply like, mm -hmm. hey, I got four roommates, I should own the house. Like, what was the the spark that got it going? Yeah. So it was. Um, having four roommates and calculating, okay, we're paying thirty grand a year um, on a rental, which could be coming to my pocket. <laughs> so that was kind of the switch that flipped. Okay. And then I didn't really know what I was doing at first, and then just finding all these—I didn't even know these communities existed, like Bigger Pockets and what you guys have going on. Um. But in the age of information, this stuff's all over the internet, so it can be learned. And you know, one thing led to another, and I just committed and made it happen. Yeah, it, it's funny how you mentioned your mindset, your mindset in college. Um, when I remember when I was in college, my dad mentioned to me is like he's like you should save up and buy a house and just rent it to your college roommates. And and when he said it, I was uh, probably morning. I was tired from being up all night and I was like yeah whatever dad but like I just didn't even think of it no I didn't I didn't even think about what I want to do in the future and and future planning I was still 
probably my freshman year in college but it, it never it never struck me until you even until you brought up in call like in college when you're living actually living with your roommates and you're used to living with living with roommates you're used to sharing sharing a property because i'm sure it's difficult going and then having your own space and then sizing back down and having to go right. back to to sharing and your place with with place it with uh with roommates right yeah and it was also something that i kind of thought that only like rich investors could do um you know i thought especially in college you know you don't have much money but i figured you have to have like tons and tons of money you had to put you have to put 20 percent down to buy a house yeah but i know that's where that not myth the case came from. yeah and <laughs> um, in, in, infomercials uh were you like me when you first found out about real estate investing is all all i wanted is it was like it was a status. I was like, I just want as many rentals as proper as as matter. Like, if you if they asked me, I was like, oh, I want, I want fifteen rentals. I never talked about income or cash flow. I was just mm-hmm. mainly focused on doors. And like, my priorities were are completely flip flop right now, where it's it's more about peace of mind and and what fits best for my per, per my, my personal situation, than actually, oh yeah, I got I own I own rental I own about fifteen rentals. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's also just very different. You know, in this market in Denver, you know, Absolutely. if you're in somewhere uh, where it's not crazy, you could probably own. You know, you might want to own a ton of doors, but here, um, you can have great success just owning a few. So, what's your what's like? What's your basic your basic uh, plan? Obviously, you got house act number one. Yep. What's this is a first step of many. Yep. What's the playing board look like? So, long term is kind of unclear to be honest. Um, I I know I want to uh, get into my second house hack as quickly as possible, but I'm really just trying to build um, as much passive income as I can. Um, and you know, my short-term goals are filling out my route, filling out the rest of my uh, house, and getting onto my second house hack as soon as okay. I can. Yeah. So just house hack while you're while you're able to in the point yeah, in life. Yep. As many as I can while I can. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I've good that's, point. Good point. That's one of my like go to responses when when people ask me like because actually I was on a podcast being interviewed by someone a couple months ago and they were like if you go back and tell your you know your 18 yourself what would you, you know what would you tell yourself to do and after a few times of answering I realized I would just go back and house hack every single year from 18 to 28 and then wow. you know. Just if you did that, imagine if you did that, like the power of that. Just yeah, especially at 18 years old. Yeah. And then, so pretty much your, co- your college would pretty, that pretty, if you had student loans, that'd pretty much cover all your college, mm. pay off your student loans, and then all that equity and cash flow over that much time. And then you're 20 years old, you have 10, at least 10 properties. Yeah. Without even, all you're doing is moving every year. Yeah. And it's not a big change of lifestyle because we're used to living with roommates in college. And if they're doing the uh, room by room model like you, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I would be done by the time I was 25. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and are you planning on self-managing these for yeah, the interim time? I think so. Okay. It's So far, it hasn't been too bad self-managing it. I actually was able to get everyone. I've signed three people so far, and I actually w- was able to do that without doing any showings because um, I was back home in Michigan, and I just had... You know, people ping me, and I gave them a virtual tour. And before I even got back here, I was able to get three people. So Beautiful. it so really hasn't been so bad. Roommates were moved to? No. Oh, so these are all new? Yes. I thought they no. were. They didn't make the move with you? No. They, oh. One of them actually bought a condo in Hounds Ranch. Um, and then the other one wanted his own personal space. Oh. Uh, but yeah, these are all okay. new guys. 
I can tell you it's usually better when you don't know them. Yeah. Because I don't know what you guys experience when your <laughs> friends are, but oh. usually you see them true selves and then either you like them more or just then you don't ever want to talk to them again. <laughs> I, I hate and I hate admitting it, but it's the truth that I'm too nice sometimes. Like I'm just too nice. I can't I'm not good at being that. So that's why it's I either have someone else uh, someone else break the bad news or or I just make sure I, I don't know them and it's 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 just more formal and and, and uh, processed as a business. So for noise issues at your current place, Allison goes up and talks to them. Um, Allison, go, if it, it depends on if it's if it's male or female. If it's female, she'll go up and talk to them. If it's male, I'll go up and talk okay. to them. We, that, is that the rule? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just thought of it now. No, that's that's what that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Um, one thing you let me go back. You mentioned that, that you said your long term goal is unclear. That's not a bad thing at all, because because as you go in, you develop what's actually what fits you right. And like when I first started about house hacking, I I, I want to do one every every year for a certain amount of time. And and your priorities change. Jeff, rewind a little bit and think about your very first house hack. Yes. What was your mindset for like future? What what did you want to do? Did you know what it was? Or oh yeah, no, I, I planned out. I wanted to do. Uh... Because at that time in 2017, um, they still had the conventional multifamily loan called Homestyle Home. One of those Home Ready or Home Ready, yeah. yeah. They had where you like could you could do a five percent down conventional for multifamily, not F, just FHA. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll just 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 do straight multi. I'll just get a two to four unit every year for like seven years. That was my plan originally. Um, and then they changed that rule where they don't have that conventional loan anymore. So obviously you had to adapt. And that's what you might have to do is yeah. um, prices get more expensive. Mm-hmm. Rent by room is a great model right now just because um, Denver is a popular place mm-hmm. and people don't want to you know, pay how much it is for one bedroom. So they'd rather pay, you know, save money and pay 700 bucks for a room. So it's a great model for you know, the next, I would say, three to seven years. Long term, you might actually have to switch them out for your own sanity too. Yeah, um, right. to switch them out to just long term rentals. And um, but yeah, that's uh, to answer your question, Ben. That was my initial plan, and then I, I pretty much after my first, and also my first one was the worst, my most challenging, not the worst one. Um, was it the fourplex? Yeah, because I had it was a multi. Uh, I thought multifamilies multi- were perfect for. I thought you could only no, house hack no. with multifamilies. Multifamilies, I would say, at least in the Denver market, from my experience, um, exactly. talking to Chris, I, you know, observing other people, is 90 percent of them are junker properties that have never the owners never lived in them. So just imagine the worst type of quality, and you pretty much have to go and just fixing up things. That's your mindset. Like, okay, it's kind of like I had uh, uh, not pliers, or the yeah pliers to turn on the bathroom um, like faucet because it was missing <laughs> the little handle. Um, and then I had to evict. Like, it's just and the mold was growing. I mean, it was just a whole, and that was just a mold start in of Denver. The yeah, mold in Colorado, which is <laughs> it is know, a thing. Not, yeah, but it's rare. But it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but when you yeah, have yeah. all the windows closed, um, takes talent, and you don't have a fan in the bathroom, and then they have you know running the shower all the time, and it just develops over. T- so basically, what I'm saying is, multifamily. My initial expectation was it's the best investment, especially from learning from bigger pockets. They say multifamily like this and that is the best thing ever. And in Denver, the reality is much different. It's I would 
argue the other way around single family um, because a lot of people owners live there hmm. it's going to have higher quality so automatically you're not going to have to deal with a bunch of upfront deferred maintenance and you can just move it and right. fix up a couple things hmm. um, and still rent it out versus yeah. multifamily we, we actually didn't move in for like the first three months because yeah. it was a cock oh there's cockroaches too oh, there's mold issues uh, the bathroom tile was literally falling apart. We had to replace all that. So it was. Uh, this is just on our you know first couple weeks there. Um, Wait, did you buy a place with a normal FHA loan? Yeah. How'd that pass an FHA appraisal? Yeah, that's uh, my question uh, to that <laughs> appraiser because <laughs> it had you know health Do and you safety. You have his contact details. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you this guy. Yeah. Because I, I, I know we talked about this. I mean, for ever since like three years ago. Yeah. We helped you buy the next place. I remember you telling me about it. I just click for now the how bad condition it was. Yes. That should not have gone FHA. No, because it had it. You you could see the mildew growing yeah. on this the, where the caulking is in the tub. There is mildew growing. There was cockroaches, and somehow it still passed. Um, FHA and like if you yeah and, if you, I don't know how the appraiser explain that for our listeners out there like what what's an yeah. FHA appraisal yes. compared to other stuff so FHA appraisal is just think of it they're more because they're protecting the buyer so they're more stringent on their how they look at it versus just a conventional appraisal just just says okay the house is fine It'll, and then here's the comps and this will appraise for it but FHA because the government sponsored loan, they want to make sure it's better quality for protecting the buyer. So they look for the true health and safety issues of mold, or they're supposed to. Mold, mildew, uh, cockroaches, just damn, like structural issues, um, foundation issues, um, windows I, that don't close, and you know, stuff like that. That's what they should be looking for. But some FHA, the one I had, I guess, ignored that stuff and just <laughs> gave it value. Yeah. I actually had an FHA, uh, my loan was an FHA loan, and the inspection came back with, um, there was this kind of like, uh, outside the back door is like a little overhang with some wood going around the side, kind of like a attached gazebo maybe. Um, and it was like chipping paint. Yep. So that came back, they were like, you need to fix this. So they just painted it over and then the seller painted it over and it was fine after that. Oh yeah, so, yeah and paint. And that's yeah. very normal, like you'll have chipping paint on like, you know, the, the one of the foot treads going up the front deck and they ding you for that but I, that amazes me that you gotta i'll send you my the appraisal <laughs> find this guy exactly <laughs> but um, yeah i mean it should be the reality you're right it should they have a higher standard for fha or nva too i believe um but sometimes i guess i got lucky or who knows what well, my uh, appraisals it's it's half science <laughs> half art yeah. um it's very subjective um so talking about this, you were talking about the, you know, finding multifamilies versus single families. So the last couple of weeks I've been writing the, like the, the Denver annual update for the 2021 books. So I've been going back, reviewing stats, looking at trends, just kind of, okay, here's a data for the year. And two things, especially for house hackers, nomads, um, <clears throat> multifamilies are actually looking more attractive, relatively speaking, than like we've been saying last couple of years. Oh. I think it's a couple of reasons. One is, you know, as everyone knows, the inventory is super low, especially in detached single family homes. I mean, there's just nothing out there. So by default, that kind of makes multis a little bit more attractive, but also as single families have appreciated price, hmm. I don't think multis have, they relatively don't think like they've gone up as much. I haven't compared the data yet, but they seem to be coming a little bit more favorable. So they're definitely uh, not as hard as no, we would say years ago. The other thing, and Ben, you know about this, is buying new built townhomes. I don't think in 2019, I don't think we bought any new build townhomes. 
in 2020, we bought six to eight of them. I say we, you know, with clients, wow. uh, most of them being no matters or house hackers, uh, because we are they're between like 560, 500 to 650, 650. You know, you can buy a single family home now for 450 and up. Um, so, hey, buy a 1960s, you know, four bedroom or go buy a new build in, the, in five or five and a quarter range. Not that much more expensive. It's brand new, better layouts, um, especially for room by room, because you usually have like a, a bedroom on the floor, but some ensuite. Then middle is kitchen, living room, and upstairs is like basically two master uh, bedrooms. So it's oh. basically three hmm. three rooms and three private baths plus a half bath on the main floor. And some of them actually, we found two home builder complexes where they actually built in like a mother-in-law suite or Airbnb in the basement. Wow. Which you know about that. Yeah, I do know all about. <laughs> you want to share, talk um, about that? Yeah, so just for the listeners and everyone everyone listening, um, uh, we are in the process of, of going from house hack number one to house hack number two. And, and it's... It's just, it's unique because the condos typically aren't attractive, but it just depends on what, what fits your, your personal, your personal goals. Um, Allison and I, I talked to Allison the other day and I, and I was, and we, thankfully we just yesterday, I'd say the greatest thing is we, we had it. We just got a signed lease for two years. And I was just telling you earlier, Jeff, that there's nothing better than taking your listing off Zillow, off Facebook Marketplace, whatever platform you're using, but it's just such a relief. But where was I going with this? Um, it just, it, it fits it fits our goals. And, oh, I was asking her, um, well, if you had to rate this on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate it? And she's like, not easy. It was challenging. And I would, I would do it, I will do it. Did as you like, give a number? No, nope, she's like not easy, not easy. But so and that's just probably below. So five. translation and, and, and just to seven. well, so and it's just the timing that we're going through it right now is is um, we're going to have a new baby girl in June. Um, it's we're congrats. congrats. Thank you, thank you. Have you and, got a name? Uh, we do not. Oh, you're so far out. That's <laughs> that is the least of our least of our worries. There's just a lot of. There's a lot of moving parts uh, for my personal, my W two career is it was year end, and I had a lot of goals I had to present to my to my supervisors, to my boss, and so there's a lot of moving parts. Um, but we found it condos may not be the best for house hackers, but it fits it it fits our personal goal. Like you said, the bottom is a it's a four bedroom no uh, three bedroom four bath. There's a mother in law suite on the on the first floor that is has its own washer and dryer its own bathroom its own separate entrance so we're going to airbnb that and then we're going to live in the the top unit and it the numbers if you look at the numbers it's not a slam dunk and it's not it's not a home run but it's okay because it's a base hit and like we like i've said earlier is is base hit wins the game not not home runs not not slam dunks um well especially too i mean you're in what june or july right is that when your uh your daughter's due yes yeah. june 5th okay so in june i mean you're you're married with a newborn you know newborn coming along the way like there's a balance of like you know you you, you journey your personal needs start outweighing more than some future rental needs as well and you find that balance exactly and that's, that's exactly where all these new built townhomes fit into it's just like they, they fit that 
they fit that uh, balance on there. Less maintenance. It's right. built in 2020. Less maintenance, and it'll be a great, a great rental when we move out and to find another another place. And I'm sure Allison is much more thrilled about going into a new build versus a yes 1970s uh, three bedroom house. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure yeah. for you. So yeah. like, but it's for the best you, way to put I it. Too, right? Yes, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm more of a do-it-yourselfer. I, I do not like paying someone else to do something I can do or, or I can learn to do, um, and so I like doing it on my own. But I, oh, I tend to overextend myself. I, I, <laughs> I create new swear words while I'm trying to learn plumbing and so on and so forth. But it it fits our it like same with like the multifamily single family whatever it is it just there's no right answer yeah. um and it just it fits our goal and the numbers aren't aren't a slam dunk when we're living there but when we move out it's going to be a great rental it's right by um a hospital and so we are very very excited and more excited that that last night we were able to sign the two-year lease and and is just good well congrats thank ah, you congrats that's sweet so andrew you've got you've got two great house hackers here mm-hmm. jeff and ben you've got lots of experience yes you know success and they've made their fair share of mistakes like everyone mm-hmm. what, what are your questions like pick their brains like what you know you're you're what six weeks eight weeks into your place got some new tenants in there like yeah. what are your questions what are your problems what are your friction points like what's going on with with uh getting house hack one stabilized yeah so all right so just to set where you know where it's at right now um i so i spent the first month and a half um i actually added three rooms um i had a contractor come in and put two walls in and closets to add two rooms and then i actually did some drywall work to there was a um, a room that was attached to a bathroom which is shared with another room so i had to close off the door because it was like a what's it called like a jack and jill Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to close off one door, um, and then I, I I painted the kitchen cabinets and did some <laughs> other things. Did you use primer? So yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just last week, I got two people moved in, another person signed, and I have had a couple other leads. So, um, so how many bedrooms is your house now? It sounds like it's now put... six. Okay, nice. I was yeah. say I, that is it's a matter of you put up like. Yeah. It's like 18 bedrooms. There's this massive there's this massive room in the basement that was like I want to say like 40 by 13. Wow. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, I might be overestimating that slightly, but um it's really long and it, you know, it's the width of the house really. Okay. Um and it was finished. It was, yep, it was like finished. It was a big finished basement. Yep. Okay. So, and that was only that was like half the basement. So it was like like a bowling alley this way and then the other side was like the furnace room and the another the other room in the bathroom yeah um so yeah i'm kind of trying to i'm trying to do six beds three bathrooms um and we're not all six yes so that put a smile are, on jeff like <laughs> actually have you have you been talking to jeff actually i was i was not sure about the last one jeff actually talked me into it <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure about this last bedroom. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> there's always, as long as you price it right, yeah. even the dungiest, like, like there's someone out there. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, not, it won't be um, the nicest bedroom or the biggest, but it'll, it, as long as there's a closet, uh, egress window fits in the basement, yep. um, and a door, 
there's all you, you, there, you'll find somebody mm -hmm. there's there's people out there that will rent pretty much anything for the right price yeah Actually, have you found the tipping point of 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 the, where that right, right price is or like well it's or, called 50 dollars <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> drop it 50 bucks the quite yeah it's usually what chief you know he's uh, had to learn uh his training wheels had come off right in the middle of thanksgiving christmas which is the hardest time to rent for for just in general yeah. for anyone let alone rent by the room um so for going forward you're gonna have a lot easier time once you fill all those rooms and then you stagger the leases and you do have them all in spring and summer, mm -hmm. it'll be a lot easier to fill them. You'll, you'll be able to fill it before they even leave. Like, it'll be great. Yeah. So, so how did you choose? So you're doing rent, rent by the room, correct? Yeah. How did you choose that versus just um, maybe trying to section off or doing like maybe trying short-term rental or anything like that? How did you choose uh, to do the rent by the room model? So for one, I was kind of comfortable just living with other people because um, I've been doing that. So I was cool with that. Right. And then just looking at the numbers, uh, you know, if you start to look at, you know, I was running a lot of numbers when we were looking and it was what I realized quickly was that if you have five people by the room, um, it doesn't really matter what the price is for the most part. <laughs> that, yeah, it's going to look great. That's the general. Uh, <laughs> five and up. <laughs> so um, that kind of sealed it for me. And then I also, I did make a kind of a switch. I also added to my criteria, so I was looking for like a high bedroom count, but I added to my criteria that I wanted um, <clears throat> it also to be um, a good long-term rental. Um, so using like the Zillow uh, rent estimates, I was finding ones that also looked good, running the numbers like that as a, excuse me, as a rental. Um, so that I mixed that in as well. Yeah. So what's your blended rate? Obviously, like you're living in one room. Yeah. Five bedrooms. What's your your blended room rate with current and projected? Like your average, you know, rent per room. Um, the average. So right now I have um, everyone in at seven hundred, seven fifty, and one person at seven fifty. I actually haven't rented the master out. That's been kind of a struggle for some reason. Hmm. Really. So um, you get three in there between seven and seven fifty. Yeah, three at. Okay. Yeah, three at seven hundred, and then one at seven fifty. Okay, and that includes utilities, right? Utilities. Yes. Yes. So are you? I mean, you're paying all utilities plus like Wi-Fi. Yes. Okay. Plus Wi-Fi, and I also. So what's the Wi-Fi um, costing you? The Wi-Fi is so I've actually got really good internet. I paid for like top of the line, gigabit. So it's like eighty bucks a month. I think that's probably a smart thing when you have that many people, especially working yeah. from home. Like yeah. spend the extra twenty bucks and mm -hmm. get get the get the big pipe. You know. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, so far we got two people working from home. And I've also decided that to try to mitigate, since we've got so many people living in here, to try to mitigate um, pain points. Um, I'm giving them like laundry detergent and like uh, paper towel, toilet area. paper. Yeah, things like that, that people share, plates and stuff, which I think is pretty normal. Yeah, you like um, furnish the commons stuff. But, and then actually another tip, because you have that many people, um, I don't know how big the fridge is, but I would suggest yeah. putting a, another fridge downstairs yeah. just so you don't have six people using one fridge, yeah, which gets a little worry. crowded. Um, <laughs> so I would maybe put an extra fridge downstairs just to have, or maybe like a microwave too. Mm, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, because you'll avoid people just crowding the, making the kitchen a mess. Yeah, yeah. What, what I like is I, I said, you're, you're focused, you're looking for a long term because mm -hmm. when I started doing it, I was just looking at what it would like, oh, well, we're, when we're living there, it's going to cash flow, it's going to mm -hmm. cash flow. Like, but like, look at, if you look big picture, 
does it matter? Like, does it really matter on on if if you're if you're making two three hundred dollars a month or if you're paying seven hundred dollars a month? Because regardless, it's better than than renting a, a loft in downtown. And what really matters is when you move out, how does that work for a rental? What's the appreciation, Chris? Last year? Oh my gosh! For detached single families. Oh, or, it's it's so absurd right now. It's yeah. I guess it's a unique time, not to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, but we're I mean, depends on the neighborhood, but I mean, close to double digits. Wow. And they're projecting. I've read a few projections. There, I mean, for Denver, most areas are projecting like anywhere from eight to twelve percent. Wow. Because a lot of the other areas are experiencing what Denver is. You know, besides like New York City and San Francisco and those areas, because so many people are just you know migrating to these uh, cities like Denver and Austin and even smaller areas as well. It isn't. And I think Denver's very big on tech. I think they're in whether they number two for technology for people. Yeah, it depends business. on the rating, but there's a ton of business number three. moving here. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you're betting on Denver and betting on Denver long term, it's it. I think you're gonna win. That's. I mean, that's my bet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually an interesting uh, point you bring there. Because my one of my questions that I had was, what's the worst case scenario for the Denver market? Now this is kind of a crazy question, but something that I've thought about a little bit, um, and I'm just curious what you guys' thoughts were. But I'll start just to give you an idea, because it's kind of a hard question. So my biggest, I was thinking about this before I uh, got into it, or before I bought anything, I was like, ah, what's the worst that can happen? Um, which is always a good question to ask. Yes. <laughs> a good question to ask. I, I seriously ask every time, what's the worst case to happen? Okay. Mm-hmm. And what can you do to prevent that? Yeah. Proactively. Proactive. Yeah. Well, this one you can't prevent, my my uh, my idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and maybe it's not that bad, I don't know. But anyways, so my thought was that, my worst case was that Denver would turn into, like the mountains, and, you know, it's kind of right in the edge of the Southwest, or it is in the Southwest, but it's, uh, kind of neighboring these deserty regions was that like with all the fires and stuff that everything would just light up and then all the Denver forest is uh, burnt and it's just like a desert wasteland. Um, and then we're like, Mad Max Blood, <laughs> and then we're like, oh, we, gotta get, <laughs> we gotta get out of here. So, but, uh, so basically, like uh, Denver became like California's the last what five or eight years with the fir- their I mean their horrible forest fires. Yeah. So I mean, well, I mean we. I, kind of saw that this last year i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we all saw those plumes of like that wasn't there yesterday what is this are those clouds, uh, clouds no, yeah, no, yeah yeah um so i thought about this i've lived in california twice in my life mm. and i've got the friends and family with you know cabins and second homes and mountain in like the mountain areas and i'm like i would just i realized i, I realized years ago i would never buy in that area because i'm like there's such a high likelihood it's gonna burn down yeah um i don't want to buy in those areas so I think that's a, a bigger concern for like if your mountain communities up mm. up there, you yeah. know, because we saw some crazy fires up there, and they'll probably see what California is, is seeing now. Like you know, it's hard to get insurance on all these houses now because insurance companies just aren't insuring them. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I think we're at least quite a few years behind California, but that's yeah. I think the the trajectory we're going on. But I don't think it'll impact them very much. I mm-hmm. mean, like the mountains will still be there. Yeah, I mean they're not all going to burn down at once. Yeah, uh, they'll go through sections. Even go to you know California, and for all the forest fires you see out there, and every other forest fire is you know a record size or record mm-hmm. growth rate or whatever it is. You still go out there, and you can just it's just green and mountains everywhere. Or not mm-hmm. green all the time, but mountains everywhere. Um, I think that's a very low probability. Now in fifty years, um, you know probably get more. 
exacerbated. Hmm. Um, but I remember reading one of these reports, this was years ago, it was just a very long-term, just like reports, and they were saying, if you wanna buy the next, like, the next California, where it was 20, 30 years ago, hmm. go buy in Portland, Seattle. Because hmm. in 50 years, as you know, Interesting. Uh, everything warms and dries up, they have water, and there'll be sunnier skies. Mm -hmm. um, so interesting. You may want to hedge your bets there. You know, you <laughs> go, go start implementing Portland. Yeah. If you have, to, if you can survive thirty years of gray skies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. So I, I give, I give that, uh, I give the Mad Max scenario very, very low probability. Glad to hear. Panel. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't argue with that. I don't. Uh, that's a good. I mean, that's a good question to ask, but I mean, I think we experienced it fairly, uh, fairly bad here over the, over the summer, but I think we all pushed through and we, we move forward. I mean, we just adapt. Um, and yeah. And I mean, something else I'll add on, cause I've actually thought a lot about just, you know, like it's all long-term trends. If you, if you play the long-term trends, like mm -hmm. it's, you know, if you just do what everyone's talking about reading about and like, Hey, we can figure this is going to grow here. I'm very like, like that's definitely, you know, a possibility in the long run with Denver, but I think such a low one. I mean, before Denver becomes a real, that becomes a real issue for Denver, California is literally going to burn down. Yeah. yeah. Florida is going to be underwater. I yeah. mean, already Miami. Well, bigger problems. Are, I mean, we're going to see big changes areas first, um, and Denver is going to trail behind them for decades, I would think. So, yeah, I'm not worried about that one. Right. I want to go by beachfront Florida right now, but yeah. uh, or mountain, you know, cabin in, in California, mm. where there's only one exit road. What's yeah. your worst case, man? Oh gosh. <laughs> I guess let me rephrase it. What was your worst uh, case when you first started house hacking, and what's it now? I, I that's a that's a good one. Well, it was it was that. It, we wouldn't fill it and we'd be we'd be stuck it wasn't it wasn't the my house is going to burn down it wasn't we're going to have these tenants have these parties and and whatnot it was just not filling it and being stuck um presenting this idea to my wife of passive income through real estate investing and renting out part of our house and sharing it with others it it was it was just not feeling it and not not promising what I delivered of being able to to cover our rent and and save money and just creatively going bankrupt. <laughs> that, that's the best way I could put it. But it wasn't it wasn't the doomsday. It was all on me. It was it was I I've sold this. She believes in me, but now I need to perform. But I mean that's a great thing about all of us in here is I think we're pretty pretty intelligent people that it, when something happens and you're it's on you're unprepared for it you there may not be an answer but someone out there has gone through it and someone else figured it out or you can you can figure it out you know but that's i would say that was my worst case scenario was what about you jeff not right yeah so when i first started it was more similar to ben it was like oh, well if i don't feel it i have yeah. this mortgage to pay for by myself um and then assuming I do more than one, it's like two mortgages. Now we're talking about, uh, you know, in the average Denver price, call it $2,000 mortgage, Twenty-five. that's $5,000 potentially. You have just more real money. Exactly, then you really feel it. <laughs> yeah. so, but now, you know, watching a lot of your podcasts and you know, when you talk about reserves, I think that's the most important thing is, um, 
yes, you're going to have dips, you're going to have vacancies, you're going to have things like uh, natural disasters, you'll have hailstorms, um, things will break, things will, you'll have issues, but a good way to mitigate that is just be prepared for it, because it's knowing if you have six to 12, six to 12 months of um, reserves for each property, that will serve you well, and you won't have, then your worst case won't be as big a deal for you. Mm -hmm. So for example, if like all your tenants just like lost their jobs, not paying rent off, let's say you had place fully occupied, five tenants getting zero. How many months could you support that mortgage until you're like really hurting? Right. Um, What do you run your stress test at? I do, so I look at it, especially rent by the rooms a little different because the reality is most of them won't lose their jobs, all of them at the same time, unless they're all in the same industry or something. So I look at it more, I do, a few different scenario analysis, like at 75%. Just um, like straightforward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. 75%, 50%, and I even gone down, you know, when COVID first started, I did 25%. I was like, well, at least if they could do a quarter, um, you know, what I'll was be. The quarter, quarter scenario, like how long? Oh, that was rough. That was, uh, <laughs> it was about <laughs> nine months, I think. But luckily, um, now I just looked at the numbers recently for 2020. It was even with, <clears throat> I had a few people work at restaurants, some work hotels even with renting by the room um, and just renting normal units. 90, I collected 95% of all my rents. For 2020? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean that's- With no, and I didn't do any payment plans. I just like gave people breaks. 95%, that would be a normal year. Yeah, yeah, so I was happy. I mean, uh, and if like a handful of them lost their jobs yeah. for extended periods of time. So I was like, well that would, COVID's like the ultimate stress test to me. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> You know, hopefully we don't go through another one <laughs> anytime soon once we get past it. But uh, renting by the room, going back to your your situation, the great thing about renting by the room, I would say from worst cases, you're not going to have, most of them are going to, coming up with 700 bucks mm-hmm. is way easier than like, uh, I hate to pick on Ben here, but <laughs> Ben's future tenant, if they lost their job, 2100, right? Is that what you rented for? Uh, 20, 2100 for two years. Two years, okay. $2,100, if that, if it's two adults, you know, paying for it, if they both lost their jobs, it's tough coming up with $2,100. You sure is. <laughs> I don't want to scare you, Ben. But so we should, we should sell Alice in the ear muscle. Uh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> don't listen to number five. Number four is great. Don't listen to number five. Uh, we're not even airing it now. Yeah. But you'll be, I mean, I'm sure yeah. you'll be fine. But my point being is renting by the room is a great alternative strategy because you mitigate your risk by multiple, you have five tenants, six tenants paying your mortgage versus one or two yeah um, so you have six incomes so the chances of all of them yeah like a lot of them i have tenants that lost jobs and they did doordash mm-hmm. i had uh, that you know worked in the restaurants they couldn't work so they did doordash and they still paid they didn't have any pickups and they didn't get unemployment and they still paid yeah. for yeah, you also have a lot less like personal overhead basically as exactly well, you know what i mean yeah yeah, and they just have a room too, so they don't have these huge expenses as well. Right. So it's coming up with that seven hundred bucks. So even your worst case, if multiple ones lost their jobs, you got fifty percent, three hundred fifty bucks. That will still probably cover your mortgage and then mm-hmm. some. So even your worst case is still better than most people's best case for normal rentals. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, hate to pick on Ben though. <laughs> <laughs> well, the big thing is 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 pricing it right, um, and. So when you're when you're running um, and and before you're buying it and and looking at numbers, 
did you look at okay here's what the market rent for one one room is but what is let's say something happens or like uh, does whatever may happen on what you could lower your price down to but still be financially stable hmm. did you did you ever like or ever go through run those numbers like maybe the worst case scenario is is uh you can always fill a room at at a certain price like yeah. like you said yeah tenant there's a price for every, there's a, pri- every there's a, there's the a price point but you always talk about uh, vacancy but yeah. then you can always fill it but where's your breaking point of of okay i i predict i can get between 700 and 750 but will you will you still be if you have a let's say a, just a, stand, a, a steady w2 job will you be financially stable good at 550 per room is a is a question I did, and we always just played worst case scenario. I don't know if you did that at all. When that's something I proposed to Allison when we were doing this. <laughs> so I I I I every time I service them, I always ask my case, what is the absolute worst case scenario? Like when you brought that question a few minutes ago, Andrew, I really like because that's one of my questions I ask myself all the time. Whether it's for investment, a business, anything, I'm like, hey, what's the worst case scenario? Kind of like, hey, worst case, what can happen? And for the most part, I'm I'm upper thirties now, in my twenties, it was like, all right, I'll do this. I'm like, okay, worst case scenario. Okay, I made my own money, maybe I can't do this, making that. Oh, I'll move back in with my parents. Like in very, I'm in the fortunate position where I, you know, I can do that if I need to. Uh, but that's always like, hey, worst case scenario, I'm not gonna be homeless. I won't be, you know, a vagabond. I won't be doing this, I'll just pay. Hey, worst case scenario, I have to suck up my pride, move back with my parents for six to 18 months and figure out Chris 2.0. And for years, that's like, hey, that's the worst case scenario, which always made me feel relieved, which took up a lot of pressure. Um, and I've been, as you have kids, becomes a very different worst case scenario. This is good. I'm, it's, 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 I'm, getting, I'm, getting, uh, I'm, I'm taking notes. Drink some more and that will help. All right. uh, Cheers. But that was always my question. Hey, what is the worst case scenario? And what is the, the, the highly probable upside? Because worst case scenario in Denver is like, okay, we could have horrible price drops, horrible vacancy, horrible non-rent payments. Very, very low probability. Um, what's the upside? We continue to see six to 12% appreciation for the next couple of years. Uh, we see strong rent increase. You know, that is a, I'm mean, I give that a, I mean, well, I don't know, 20 to 50 times more likely than us seeing like prices drop. And so I'm like, great, I'll take that risk to reward ratio. I'll take that bet all day long. And that's why I look at it, it's, it's a simple bet. Great, I've got a 50, 50 times upside, take it all day long. And that's how I always looked at it. Worst case scenario. Now, worst case now is like, oh my gosh, I, I can't pay the bills and, and my children have to figure out something else. It becomes a very different question. But it's always a great question to ask and then weigh that, the worst case scenario, with the most likely probable scenario. Do you guys disagree that Denver is going to appreciate in prices and rents in the next five years? Yeah, no, it's gonna. I'd be oh, shocked. I'll, I'll take this bet with everybody. I. I <laughs> won't bet you because I'm gonna lose. Uh, I'll give you really good odds. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'll give you ten to one. So ten to one that Denver. What's what do you? How much do you think per year on average? I'm not saying that. I think prices are more in 2025 than they are in 2021. That's your bet. That's my bet. Okay, that's not fair. That's, that's, that's not a good bet at all. That's, that's a terrible bet. <laughs> that's, I'm not doing how, about, how about inflation adjusted? That's a little better. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Let me think about it. All right. No. <laughs> by the end of the recording, we need to. recording. I'm going all in. We have to wrap up here. So you got, you got four and a half minutes. To decide. <laughs> so, uh, and then you're kind of getting back. What other what other questions do you have for, for Ben and Jeff here? Like, just um, whether it's you know, tactical operation questions, yeah. big questions, like preparing for number two, like, like what's on your mind? Yeah. So, another uh, kind of interesting question that's kind of come up. Uh, Essentially, I've been since it's my first house hack. I'm allowed to do this. Um, I've only been really looking for like kind of guys my age. But how do you look at like mixing different types of people um, in your house when they're living together, sharing spaces? Is that just something that? Yeah, I mean, I could talk about this a little bit. There's because you probably notice you get a lot of different types of people right yes. male female old young yeah you um, can kind of tell us some like um, maybe won't gel so well together yeah it's you never know when you're living there it's the nice thing when you live in there is you could be a little more picky because right. you could you know you could choose who you want to live with mm-hmm. when you move out that's when it gets a little trick harder mm-hmm. um why because technically you're now you have to abide by all the fair housing laws and regulations and you can't mm-hmm. just say oh that i only want to live with guys because mm-hmm. um, i'm comfortable hanging with guys i don't want to have any women here to make it awkward right um you can't do that anymore you have to pretty much accept anyone that's as long as they meet your qualification criteria when it's you know like credit score and background clean background check and stuff like that then you have to just take whoever you get. Right. I would just set re- the when you have the mix, and I've done a few um, where you know it's a lot of people. When you get to the mix, it's just they've dealt, they've done it before, so it's not yeah. a total like oh I've never lived with all guys before, or I never lived with uh, all women before. Mm-hmm. Um, they just adapt, and, and, they're going into and actually, what I do sometimes too is uh, just to make things a little easier. I have them sometimes talk to them. And just see if they match. Sometimes they find out, like, well, um, you know, I felt a little, you know, this doesn't seem like the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And they kind of pick them, like, weed themselves out okay. by, 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 by doing that. So yeah, sometimes not not every time, but if they're like kind of curious, like if it's if I have all guys living there and it's a single lady that wants to move in, I you know I would want for any for actually pretty much for anyone but especially when it's all one sex and one of the other yeah. like definitely want them to meet right just because they're strangers right they yeah. don't know each other and you just got to make sure um it, and it usually is fine i haven't i've done mix before and it's they work itself out even share bathrooms too really okay. it hasn't been an issue um cool so all right so why do you have to worry about when you're living why why do you not have to worry about when you're living there um being picky i'm losing the 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 terminology why why don't why why can you choose specifically a certain uh type of people certain types uh ben's house ben's rules so you can choose whoever you want isn't there a term isn't there a (laughs) miss murphy's exemption yeah our favorite even though she's made up, she's not a real person. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you technically when you're living there, when you're renting by the room, you could choose right. if you want everyone six foot two, two hundred pounds, <laughs> ex Nebraska football player, <laughs> maybe Virginia of- Tech too. <laughs> yeah. Then you could do that. If you want all women, you could do like whatever. Like if you want senior citizens, you could do that. <laughs> it's up to you. But when you move out, then it changes. Then you have to be a true know the rules and regulations of your state and city and county because denver actually has more uh rules than um 
but different cities have more rules than just the state and federal regulations. So definitely be aware of that. Gotcha. And speaking of some Denver rule changes, at least for Denver County, it looks yeah. like their unrelated occupancy limit is going from two to five. Correct. Yep. So February 8th, 2021, they're going to vote on it and it'll take it from two to five. And that means basically two to five mix. So if you had related, unrelated, or just all unrelated. Okay. And that does not include kids. So you could potentially rent out to a family, I guess, and that'd still be within, because kids are not in the part of the zoning code. So the December vote was, it passed the preliminary yeah, stage, the, right? And February is the final one? Correct. Okay. And there's a, uh, I guess we can put in the show notes, I have like this list. <clears throat> also, that was provided from City of Denver, I looked it up. They have a list of all the unrelated parties for each city in the Denver metro area. What do you mean? So each city has their own yeah. unrelated parties. So like, I think you're in Arvada, right? Oh, they have a list like, for every... Every Denver Metro... Oh, can you send that to me? Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, definitely the show notes, because that is... Um, at each, I think uh, Inglewood, Denver, and there's one more that has just two, and the rest of them are three. Aurora's like three or four, and the rest are like five. I think our Arvada is six. Mm-hmm. Um, Westminster's like five. Yeah, I, I don't remember all of them, but there's a list, and it's, it was really cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, and that was just part of like the Denver. Yeah, because they were Denver. they were talking about, of course, like how we're gonna do in Denver because we have some similar comparable cities nearby. They have you know five unrelated parties. Uh, how they came up with that five number, hmm. which is very useful for um, future properties for you to know that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we are button up here uh, at the hour mark, guys. So we should uh, start wrapping up here. But uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for being part of like the the guinea pigs of the studio. I like it. <laughs> yeah, hope, uh, first one. <laughs> hopefully the booze uh, help to uh, help subside the issues with having the moose stuff around. So thank you guys. Yes. But we will. Uh, we're gonna do more of these every in 2021. Yeah. Get more organized. Get better every month. At least do it once a month as a plan. Hopefully do more in person live stuff and just grow it. And as COVID, uh, you know, eventually dies down, do bigger events in person as well. So Ben, Andrew, Jeff, thank you guys so much for coming out today. Thank you. Thank you. you. It was fun. Thanks for coming out, Andrew. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.